Just the other day, Tucker Carlson reported on what he called, without a doubt, the most deranged story in history. And there's no question it is. It's going to stun you. What I want to do here is draw out for you the logic, indeed the pernicious and very vile logic, that connects all the dots and makes sense of this deranged story. But you need to stick with me to the very end of this video to find out why this insidious leftist logic actually entails its own self-destruction. You are not going to want to miss this. Greetings, everyone. Dr. Steve here with you. Great to be with you. As always, Tucker Carlson had a shocking segment on his show the other night exposing what he called the most deranged story in history. And we're going to make some sense of it as well as find out how it's all going to blow up in the Democrats' face. It's a bewildering experience working in cable news right now. Fun, but pretty unbelievable. Just about every morning as we're putting this show together, some story from the Biden White House crosses our screens and we think to ourselves, come on, there is absolutely no way that can be real. Please, it's just too crazy. And of course, pretty much every morning, what we had assumed was a joke turns out to be entirely real. It's actually happening. The Biden administration really is that crazy. They really are firing thousands of nurses in the middle of a pandemic, firing thousands of cops in the middle of a crime wave. No, they're not kidding even in the slightest when they tell you that's a genuine female four-star admiral standing right there. Joe Biden isn't giggling. He tells you Rachel Levine's promotion is a victory for women everywhere, and he means it when he says it. He means all of these things, even the ones he doesn't understand, which is most. As the guy who runs the Babylon Bee told us recently, it is getting tough to run a parody site in this country. No matter how creative your jokes may be, it is almost impossible to be more ludicrous than reality already is. And yet, even by those impossibly high standards, we can confidently announce tonight that we have just read the single most deranged news story ever printed in this country. So no matter what happens going forward, and God knows what that'll be, this story will live forever as the high watermark of political lunacy. Mark your calendars. It's October 28th, 2021. This is the day that things couldn't possibly get nuttier. And here it is. According to a piece in this afternoon's Wall Street Journal, the Biden administration has decided to pay reparations to illegal aliens. In other words, foreigners who came here without invitation, who came in willful violation of legal statutes passed by our Congress per our Constitution, those people are about to get a groveling apology and huge amounts of cash. Why? Because our government dared to enforce its own laws, which now apparently is immoral. So the Biden White House is going to pay criminals for committing crimes. It's almost impossible to believe that's real, but it is real. According to the journal, the administration plans to, quote, offer immigrant families that were separated during the Trump administration around $450,000 a person in compensation. The U.S. Departments of Justice, Homeland Security, and Health and Human Services are considering payments that could amount to close to $1 million per family. A million dollars per family for illegal aliens at exactly the moment that American families are becoming noticeably poorer by the day. You won't be surprised to learn, according to the paper, that nearly a thousand reparations claims have already been filed. Why not? The total payout from all this, more than a billion dollars. So how much is that exactly? Well, let's see. If you're an American citizen who is killed in a war defending your country, our government promises to send your family $100,000.
That is less than a quarter of what Joe Biden intends to give illegal aliens for the inconvenience of being deported. They're once again getting $450,000 a piece from your tax receipts. That's more than some of the 9-11 victims got. It's more than any ordinary American ever gets for anything from the U.S. government. Most people in this country just give. Foreigners with no respect for our laws or systems, meanwhile, are hitting the jackpot. Now, this is the article Tucker's referring to here, and it does indeed detail precisely that. The Biden administration is considering paying out hundreds of thousands of dollars per person for those illegal immigrants supposedly mistreated by the Trump's administration's zero tolerance border policies. In other words, following the law. It's nothing less than a parody of repulsiveness, but it's also par for the course for our globalist elites. And that's because while all this might sound utterly deranged, as Tucker rightly said, it actually makes total sense, at least from an elite globalist perspective like that held by the re what remains of Biden's cognitive faculties and most especially his inner circle that are using his empty shell to impose their worldview on the rest of us. You see, globalism by its very nature is hostile to borders. You've got to get that. Globalism is hostile to borders. Globalism imposes a single one-size-fits-all political and economic system upon all nations. And part of the results of that is the erasure of borders and boundaries. Now, of course, without borders, there are no nations. Scholars have long recognized that globalism does indeed involve the eventual demise of the nation-state. Borders and boundaries have no place in a single one-size-fits-all political and economic system. But what Tucker is highlighting for us here is that the demise of the nation-state inevitably entails the demise of the notion of citizenship. For without nations, there can be no citizens. Victor Davis Hanson has done a masterful job of late in pointing out how citizenship is in fact eroding under the auspices of our globalist elite. And we're also finding that such an erosion is creating a bizarre sense of entitlement where non-citizens believe that they are just as entitled, if not more so, to the basic protections that citizenship historically entailed. In the meantime, what can we know? Well, we can be certain how the rest of the world is going to see this announcement. Why wouldn't you cross our border illegally at this point? You'd have to be insane not to. Joe Biden is literally paying people who do it. So not surprisingly, as Fox's Griff Jenkins just reported, new waves of illegal migrants are coming here as fast as they can. Here's one caravan. Chanting liberty, the caravan charges through a checkpoint as the Mexican National Guard stands by watching. The migrants, undeterred by Mexico's foreign minister, Marcelo Ebrard, who says they are being deceived by the organizers. They tell them, let's go in the caravan. We get to the U.S. and they will let us pass. It's not true. You saw what happened with the Haitians. It's the same thing. But the warning isn't breaking the will of the migrants. That's not stopping us because we got, we got the power of God right next to us and he's going to open. That is not going to stop us. We're still proceeding. We're still moving. It's not going to stop us. We act like this is an act of God. We just can't stop it. But that's not what's happening. The Biden administration is actively encouraging this, and more so even today. The legislative framework that Democrats released today would give amnesty to millions and millions of illegal aliens. It's the largest amnesty proposed in the history of this country. The Center for American Progress, which is, of course, closely aligned with the Biden White House, 
released an analysis of this, and it concluded that nearly 7 million illegal aliens living here would get green cards under this proposal. Specifically, it would legalize anyone here illegally as long as that person could show he or she arrived in this country, follow this, between January 1st, 1972, during the first Nixon administration, and December 31st, 2009. That's a span of 47 years. Quite a strike zone. But what do you ask about the millions of illegals who've come here since 2009? Well, they're fine too, actually. The Biden administration has just put out a list of no-go zones, not places that foreigners who break our laws can't go. They can go anywhere, especially where you live. But a no-go zone for federal officers who are trying to enforce those laws. So ICE agents, according to the Biden White House, are no longer allowed to enter schools, hospitals, healthcare facilities, places of worship, playgrounds, childcare centers, crisis centers, homeless centers, rehab facilities, food banks, disaster relief centers, funerals, parades, and many other places. Basically, they're not allowed anywhere. So that's it for immigration laws. They're done. They're totally ignored. They're totally unenforced. The question is, the one that's never asked by anybody, is how exactly do American citizens benefit from these changes? Well, the obvious answer to that question is they don't. And that's because the death of citizenship entails the fact that there's no longer any distinction between Americans and non-Americans. So our government is now free to treat non-citizens even better than their own citizens. And the unfortunate outworking of this is that without the protections that were once guaranteed to us by virtue of our citizenship, deadly consequences can follow. When Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd discusses this horrific car crash that killed a five-year-old girl, the anger in his voice is hard to miss. Had he been in his home country last Saturday night like he should have been, our five-year-old beautiful little girl would have been alive. But instead, Ernesto Lopez Morales was driving down State Road 60 in Mulberry. He has already drinking six 32-ounce beers by his own admission. And the sheriff says Lopez Morales was out buying more beer. We're told his headlights were off, he was speeding, and he slammed into the back of a Hyundai Elantra driven by a Plant City mother. The impact crushed the back half of the Elantra, including the back seat, where the five-year-old was in her car seat. Now, as tragic as that story is, it's but the logical outworking of a world where citizenship dies. And without citizenship, populations inevitably revert back to feudalism, which is precisely what's happening. Scholars call it re-feudalization. And the basic gist of it is that just as feudal societies were governed according to the norms and wishes of a privileged class, you know, lords, nobles, dukes, and the like, so globalist societies are increasingly governed according to the interests and concerns and values of a permanent political class. But here's the key. Those values, interests, and concerns are becoming increasingly alienated from the values, interests, and concerns of the people, the populace. And this is what's driving the massive populist revolt that's rising up all over the world, a surge that Tucker himself recognized. So take three steps back. You've got to wonder how long this sort of thing can continue. How long before the people who make this country run, who, by the way, are not the same people who run this country, those are two very different groups, but before the people who make this country run decide they have had enough and they're not going to take it anymore. Why pay your taxes at this point? Seriously. It's too insulting. It's too destructive. It is evil. Now, who knows how long it's going to take to get there, but at this rate, it's coming quick. And it is coming. 
The day of reckoning for our globalist elites is indeed at hand. Make no mistake, in the end, Joe Biden's vision of the world will come crashing down. The only question is, how much damage will they do in the meantime? Now, before you go, make sure to check out my latest video on how President Trump and our patriot GOP party have already seceded in all but name. You are not going to want to miss this video. So make sure to click on the link and I will see you over there. God bless. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mark Zuckerberg finally revealed the new name of Facebook. I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. What? Yeah. Meta? Meta. What? Yeah, Meta, as in uh, when I joined Facebook, I met a lot of crazy people. This feels like uh, when there's an E. coli outbreak at a pizza place and they just change the name from Sal and Tony's to Tony and Sal's. Yeah. <laughs> Same gross owners, yeah. Um. That's pretty funny. Uh, we have clips of the week coming up in a moment or two. Uh, Jack has got the foul she fever. Oh, and I keep saying we're going to get into that whole gain-of-function, lawyerly, uh, technicality stuff. Who's telling the truth? Dr. Fauci or Rand Paul? Um Dr. Fauci or us, because we've been claiming he's being dishonest. So we'll try to get to that uh, this hour. Some more to come on that. But first, a little cheerier note, always entertaining. I look forward to it all week. It's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. What's going on here? So let's start by exploring what different kinds of metaverse experiences could feel like. I had the COVID. I'm now calling it the Fauci China flu. Or... How about General Fauci's hot and sour flu? First of all, Halloween. I would say put on those costumes, stay outside, and enjoy your trick-or-treating. If you go trick-or-treating while you're hungry, you'll be tempted to sample some of your treats while you're out. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. This is not the answer to the problems America faces right now. Would ensure that children uh, don't aren't drinking poisoned water. Are you against that? I hope you understand how much a trillion is. A trillion seconds ago, Neanderthals walked, walked the earth. It's quite a spectacular vision that President Biden has put forth. I salute him for it. The framework under which we have guidance about the conduct of research that we fund, the funding at the Wuhan Institute was to be able to determine what is out there in the environment in bat viruses in China. These people are nuts. (laughs) They really are. They're so up their own heinies. How's the view up there? They've been walking for three days. A new migrant caravan. 3,000 strong from all over the world. Russia's cyber attacks continue. Microsoft telling over 600 customers they had been attacked close to 23,000 times. Uh, What we saw was a very significant event of a test of a hypersonic uh, uh, weapon system 
um, and it is very concerning. Now, this is an enormous change in the character of war, and we're going to have to adjust our military going forward. What are you doing? We actually had a fan who was trying to climb into the broadcast booth. She said, I'm a veteran, and I'm looking for a drink. Ahaha. A haha. Wow. A single haha. We don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars. Do you understand? I cannot understand the word you're saying. Your performance is shameful. That's not correct. Thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You should resign in disgrace, Judge. You have to answer the question. Am I canceled or not? They're probably going to come for us at some point, the the cancel culture police. I don't know. Just kind of, I accept it. It's fine. Too stubborn to change. Oh, man, it's just crazy. But so far, so good. Gridlock is good. Nothing has passed uh, on the boondoggle bills, the francification bills. I do want to talk about what's going on at the border, though, in a moment or two, including this idea of paying a settlement with everybody who is separated from their family. More money than maybe you'll make in your entire lifetime. More money than we pay our fighting men and women by far. Because they snuck across the border. We said, all right, you go that way. You'll go that way. You'll come together again after your detention. For that, they're going to make more money than a Marine will his entire career. Okay. We'll talk about that and much more to come. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Operation Lone Star is the effort by the state of Texas to crack down on illegal immigration crime. Humvees are starting to line high traffic areas in hopes of deterring the large caravan making its way through Mexico. Since March, the Texas Department of Public Safety says it has made over 1,400 arrests for trespassing. The state also says it has seized 10,000 pounds of marijuana, more than 3,000 pounds of cocaine and meth, and 132 pounds of fentanyl, a staggering amount that equates to 30 million lethal doses. Wow, wow. And we'll get back to the border and some border issues in a moment or two. First, though, Michael, do you have the uh, the fanfare handy? Uh, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll cue you. Here we go. I have gotten the results of my COVID test. And my results, like my attitude, negative. Negative. I do not have Chairman Xi's bat fever. I am indeed afflicted with the first cold I've had since early 2020, I guess. Late 2019. Anyway, so Jack's got the vid. I do not. What are you going to do? This was a good test, too, a serious test. So, all right, on with life. (coughs) Excuse me. So, the story is this. Oh, you know what? Let's, Let's start with Tucker Carlson. I like the way he characterized this. Clip 82, Michael. As the guy who runs the Babylon Bee told us recently, it is getting tough to run a parody site in this country. No matter how creative your jokes may be, it is almost impossible to be more ludicrous than reality already is. Brace yourselves if you haven't heard this already. The Biden administration is considering awarding $450,000 per person to families separated at the border during the Trump years. $450,000 per person. 
So if it's just dad and junior, that's just under a million dollars in a settlement. A million dollars. For a family, it can be up to 3.5 million. I'm sorry, 3.4. Let's be accurate here. 3.4 million dollars because you broke the law. You forced your way into the country. And then according to the laws of the time, which were made infinitely clear, we will separate you from your kids because we can't detain adults with children. It's against the law. Now, whether the Trump administration could have done that better or reunited people more quickly or more effectively, yeah, they probably could. Governance is difficult, particularly when you have hundreds of thousands of people rushing across the border all the time because you haven't finished the friggin' wall. Anyway, $450,000, the ACLU, which I used to be a member of. I remember as a kid growing up in Chicagoland. They were they were at the heart of that big controversy between the uh, the Klan, I think it was, the, or was it the American Nazi Party? Well, uh, you know. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Anyway, they demanded the right to march through Skokie, Illinois, which is a heavily Jewish suburb of Chicago. And they're Holocaust deniers and Nazis. And obviously that's a loathsome, loathsome thing to do. But the ACLU went to the courts and they said, look, these guys get their free speech just like everybody else. If we start saying, no, they're too mean or radical, then uh, we'll notice everybody's free speech rights being eroded. And, and I don't know if you're familiar with that story or, or were alive to see it, but what happened was these these half-wits, these idiots, these haters, these wastes of skin, they marched through Skokie because the court said, yeah, they get the freedom of speech just like everybody else. And 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 people came together in solidarity with the Jewish folks in looking at these morons and saying, what a bunch of morons. And it discredited their ideas because they were so obviously stupid and loathsome. They let the sunshine bright on that philosophy, and it was exposed for what it is. Well, the ACLU has changed a lot, friends, and now they are just an organization that represents the far, far left and only the far left in America. And they have hired a cabal of lawyers who are suing the pants off the deepest pockets in the world, the federal government trying to get as much money as possible um, for anybody who broke immigration law, then was detained lawfully, but now is going to sue. And because lawsuits can be so incredibly expensive, and because there are so many of them, sometimes the cheapest thing to do is to settle and just write a bunch of checks. Well, the potential payout could cost a billion dollars or more. A billion dollars. I want you to keep in mind the, the figure uh, $450,000 a person, maybe $3.4 million for a family. Give me a Tucker's clip 84 there, Michael. You won't be surprised to learn, according to the paper, that nearly a 1,000 reparations claims have already been filed. Why not? The total payout from all this? More than a billion dollars. So how much is that exactly? Well, let's see. If you're an American citizen who is killed in a war defending your country, our government promises to send your family $100,000. That is less than a quarter of what Joe Biden intends to give illegal aliens for the inconvenience of being deported. They're once again getting $450,000 a piece from your tax receipts. Dead Marine, a hundred. Offended illegal, 450. Boy, they're going to make this next election so easy. Tucker's fired up. Give us 85, Michael. So take three steps back. You've got to wonder how long this sort of thing can continue. 
How long before the people who make this country run, who, by the way, are not the same people who run this country, those are two very different groups, but before the people who make this country run decide they have had enough and they're not going to take it anymore? Why pay your taxes at this point? Seriously. It's too insulting. It's too destructive. It is evil. Now, who knows how long it's going to take to get there, but at this rate, it's coming quick. And we continue to set records at the border. The border as a whole, I was just reading the border at Texas, set a record. Again, I think that's obvious. It's getting a lot of attention, only on Fox News generally, uh, but it's getting a lot of attention. California set a record. Uh, the, the, the biggest uh, flood of the illegal since 08. Uh, at least 202,000 authorized immigrants encountered by the Border Patrol, and probably an equal number got through without being contacted. Uh, 1.7 million people across America contacted, probably an equal number got in. Um, it's just, it's astonishing. And what's really crazy politically, it's almost like watching a suicide unfolding. Um, and I'm not particularly concerned that the Democrats hold on to the White House. In fact, quite the opposite. More to come. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The New York, where thousands of fire department union members protest outside the mayor's mansion over coronavirus vaccination requirements. Mayor Bill de Blasio's new rule requires them to get at least one dose. Fire officials estimate 32% of the department is unvaccinated right now. Union officials say 70% have already had the virus. Well, those are the very cops and firefighters Brett Baer was referring to in his report there on Fox News. New York City cops, firefighters outside the governor's mansion there in New York chanting, let's go, Brandon, in protest of the city's vaccine mandate. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's a stand in for F Joe Biden. I don't think we need more courts than this in America, but it's, it's, it's more polite. Kids can hear it. And, you know, it's, it's okay. But so, uh, those people are pissed off about the vaccine mandate. Cops, firefighters don't want to get the jab. Um, meanwhile, children as young as five may not only be able to get vaccinated as soon as next week. In some quadrants of this great country, including the blue ones, California, for instance, Washington, Oregon, other places, they're going to get required, be required to get the jab, to go to school. We will not educate your kids unless they get jabbed, in spite of the microscopic danger to youngsters. Yeah, the kid might get it, might spread it to granny. I understand that. But the idea that it's not only a good idea, clearly, for the youngsters. And, and again, for the umpteenth time, I got the vaccine. I got it as soon as I could. I'm going to go get a booster as soon as I can. I'm fine with it for adults. It's up to you what you think. Um, but the idea that for little children who are at no risk from the COVID, none, really, um, that not only is it a good idea that they get the jab, but it's so clearly and indisputably a good and safe idea that we're going to mandate it or we won't educate your children. I just, I, I think the world has, has lost its mind. Absolutely lost its mind. 
Now, I have a lot more faith, a little more faith in some of the processes that the FDA goes through to approve drugs than some of y'all do. I probably have less faith than some of y'all do. Uh, Pfizer and BioNTech have completed a three-phase clinical trial in kids 5 to 11 years old. The company submitted all the data to the FDA. The main study uh, included 2,250 kids, so decent sample size. Found that the lower-dose version of the vaccine was ninety, about 91% effective in preventing symptomatic COVID-19. It was given as a series of two shots, 21 days apart. The dose, 10 micrograms, which is a third of the dose given to adults and teenagers. No serious side effects, such as the uh, cardiomyodidum, the swelling of the heart, the heart inflammation. No serious side effects were reported, although with only a few thousand children included in the research, that sort of rare problem wouldn't necessarily be detected anyway. This week, on October 26th, panel of outside scientists considered Pfizer's safety and efficiency, or efficacy data, I should say, along with an analysis from FDA scientists on risks and benefits. After some lively discussion, the group overwhelmingly voted yes, that the benefits of the Pfizer vaccine outweigh the risks for use in this age group. Again, the benefits to me are iffy. The risks, though they are probably very small, are unnecessary. Now the FDA itself, the agency, needs to consider the advisor's vote on Pfizer's smaller dose shot for kids and decide whether to extend the emergency use authorization for the youngsters. It would be a lot easier to take this stuff in good faith, wouldn't it, my friends, if we hadn't been lied to so many times already? If we hadn't been told uh, the white lies and the and had you know county health jackasses closed golf courses. Even while I was screaming, I'm a, I'm a talk show host. I'm a curious guy. I read a lot, but I'm not a super genius. I'm not some sort of, you know, the PhD in, in medicine. But I said, look, in, in, for instance, in a golf course, a, a, a tennis court, a park, it's nearly impossible to transmit a disease even if you wanted to. It's just self-evident. It's so obvious. It's right there in front of us. And yet these county health gurus were we're shutting down the single best thing you and your kids kids could have been doing. Staying outside, playing outside, being with your friends outside, your relatives outside. You want to space yourselves a little bit? That's fine. Although, frankly, you could be, you know, standing in each other's shirts and you probably wouldn't give each other the COVID if there's any breeze of blowing. But so these alleged geniuses who who seize the reins of power, emergency power to keep us all safe, will keep you safe. They exercise those awesome quote-unquote emergency powers, which will probably never go away, so stupidly. They spent all the good faith that they could have accumulated. And so, yeah, like I said, I mean, there's a continuum of, like, cynic to skeptic to, okay, I guess I believe to people who just... Generally, people on the left who just rush to embrace absolutely everything that the great Fauci has to say, like the great Wizard of Oz of health, um, and and there's a continuum. And I I don't we we don't have to hate each other if we have different opinions for this stuff. But I will tell you one thing, faux show, and that is that the the people in charge have absolutely stomped on their own credibility and absolutely, pardon me, it's a coarse expression, pissed away any good faith we the people might have had, which is why you don't grant sweeping executive powers to these people and you reject the notion that there's an emergency unless there damn well is an emergency. And then you damn well lift the emergency designation the first second you can. Anyway, 
One of the examples of that, of course, is the uh, the covering up uh, for China by the WHO and Fauci and the and the FDA and everybody when it was absolutely infinitely clear that the Chinese were covering up and, and obfuscating and, and jailing anybody who dared share data with the world and the rest of it. it Chinese asshole. That's a that's a good summary. Uh, it was and my by the way, Michael, uh, hail Fauci is always appropriate when we're talking the, talking about this stuff. But then when it became clear that that vaunted letter from Peter Daszak and and company was uh, just covering the tracks of himself and Dr. Fauci and the NIH and the rest of it, um, I mean, it was then that I, I, I strayed from the reservation, which, again, is an expression I should not be using, according to Brandeis University. But so the question arose, was the NIH and Fauci, through Daszak, funding gain of function research? Rand Paul's been big on this. We've been big on this. Um, this, you know, there are too many names involved here, but I'll, I'll tell you this. The one dude who's involved intimately in these grants and distributing them says it addressed the research conducted with the money in question. The limited experiment described in the final progress report provided by EcoHealth Alliance, this is Peter Daszak's outfit, was testing if spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding in the human AC2 receptor in a mouse model, blah, blah, blah. In this limited experiment, Remember, that's the phrase uh, Fauci used the other day. In this limited experiment, laboratory mice infected with the blah, 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 bat coronavirus became sicker than those infected with the other coronavirus. As sometimes occurs in science, this was an unexpected result of the research as opposed to something that the researchers set out to do. Don't worry, I'm getting to the punchline here. Republicans were quick to resurface Fauci's May congressional testimony in which, speaking to Rand Paul, he said that the NIH and the NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So does the recent letter render that contention false? Well, it depends, and I'm going to quote now from the dispatch, who did some pretty good writing on this. It depends on which definition of gain of function research you use and i had a feeling it was something like this at the broadest level it simply means an experiment where an organism is imbued with some sort of new property they enhance the organism which is what we've been saying it's what Rand paul's been saying in the context of virology though in that specific field the practice for which the nih paused funding uh, for a while, then resumed it, got back to it, typically describes research in which scientists genetically alter a virus to tweak its transmissibility, pathogenicity, or host range to make it more contagious and deadly. This allows researchers to look into the future and come up with cures and the rest of it. So in a statement, an NIH, NIH spokesperson sought to narrow the relevant definition further, still focusing on a subset of gain-of-function research involving enhanced potential pandemic pathogens, EP. PPP. The proposed research was determined to not meet the definition of EPPP research because the bat coronaviruses used in this research have not been shown to affect humans. And the experiments were not reasonably expected to increase transmissibility or virulence in humans. The term gain of function has common usage, but only if you already knew it was infecting humans and you enhance it to infect humans. In this case... It was not known to have already infected humans, but they made it stronger to see what might happen if it was infecting humans. You see the slight difference there, the subtle difference? It is purely a technical difference. It is a very legalistic, slicing the scientific terms thin argument. 
So let me revise, revise the Armstrong and Getty slash uh, Rand Paul argument. Y'all beefed up the virus to see what would happen and to see if you could maybe get ahead of it and cure it, because I think their intentions were good. In fact, I'm pretty certain of it. You beefed up the virus to make it more dangerous so you could study it. Now, if that is not technically gain-of-function research, according to your incredibly narrow legalistic uh, scientific argument, okay, I concede that. I have been using the wrong term, and I apologize for it. So let's just call it beefing the bastard up. You provided the funding. You partnered with the Chinese. You're in bed with this Peter Daszak, who is absolutely, well, he's covered up a crime like crazy. When's the last time you knew somebody covered up a crime who didn't commit a crime? Hmm? Right. Yeah, I know. So you beefed the bastard up. All right, Dr. Fauci, your move. Let's get you back before the Senate. It's about time for you to admit we beefed the bastard up. We partnered with an evil, oppressive, deadly communist regime. China! That's that's the one, sir. The minute things went sideways, they went into full commie mode and denied to the world the knowledge that could have saved millions of lives. Now, come on, China! All right, Foucher, you don't have to say it was gain of function. It was beefing the bastard up. Tell the truth, you weasel. We're going to finish strong next. Stay with us. Armstrong.